Today is June 20th. It's the midweek episode. The Yanks have broke a record is what's on the screen in front of me. I'm excited to find out what that record is. I hope you guys are as well. Let's talk some Yanks. Hello and welcome to Talking Yanks, episode 922, brought to you by SeatGeek, code Yanks. We'll help you out there. My name's Jimmy, his name is Jake, and we got producer BBD in the little screen, the silver screen. Jake, how goes it on this fine Tuesday that's kind of like a Monday? James, Davis, everyone, you know, these, these guys better be tough today. No softballs. I'm doing all right. Uh... It's, I don't know, it's kind of this weird, weird stage of Yankee fandom where we know, <laughs> we know in almost the best case we're walking into mediocrity. Like, Bader comes back, he was kind of supposed to be back this weekend. Um, still waiting for a real judge update, and basically the team's in survival mode, and you're hoping that Willie Calhoun or uh, Bowers or someone finds a short porch and you can win a game 4-3, so... Um, I don't know. I I haven't even like fully processed this homestand yet. It's Seattle and Texas. Texas has been one of the best teams in baseball throughout the season, and they're mauling. Um, and Seattle's like looking. You know, Seattle's. Well, it's a bad matchup because Seattle's Te- Red Sox West. That Texas they're like has, fighting for their season, so the games mean more to them. That yeah. And what the struggle is, Texas has been hitting the crap out of the ball. There's something on the screen, Beebs. I don't know if that matters in the final. Texas has been the crap of the ball, and the Yankees pitchers haven't been pitching well. And then Mariners have some really good pitchers, and the Yankees' offense is one of the worst in the league. So that's where the matchups get tough. Right. But any pitching matchup right now is tough for the Yankees. But don't worry about it, though. Okay. Because um, we're just at a standstill until everyone gets healthy. Just a, a freeze. Do you think that... having so many injury prone players is. A nice strategy because you always have an excuse. Oh wow! Like you always These have guys an out. We're healthy. Uh, no, no, because I. Again, it's who's the replacements. It's kind of I went on a weird rant about it last time that it's like okay, if you have Stanton on your roster, which Stanton's a tough mental exercise. We've done it for a few years now. Like when he's healthy and he does the playoff stuff, yeah. you're like, dude, this is an all time Yankee. This yeah. guy's like a cooler Reggie Jackson. Like, uh, this is awesome. Uh, but you know he's going to get hurt at some point, and you don't know if it's going to be 20 games or 100 games or or where. That I guess for me, <laughs> having multiple replacement DHs, I guess in a way makes sense in their head because they're like, well, Stanton's going to get hurt, so maybe we'll get a chance to see a Willie Calhoun or Bowers at some point. Yeah, we get some guys off their feet. That's, but at that's the nice. Same, but at the same time... When it, if you're trying to get guys off their feet, wouldn't you want to get the Rizzos and DJs and other guys that you put such an emphasis on to stay healthy, judge in theory, um, that maybe you have 
guys that have a chance to be more talented defensively or speed or w- whatever's holding them back, young ball players. Um, but, you know, it, it led into our Florial conversation the other day that it's like, okay, what's, what do we think the most is that we could tap into to Willie Calhoun as a DH only versus righties versus if you ran Florial out there a couple games and, you know, hey, he probably he catches fly balls, which would be nice. Um, and maybe he runs into a couple, maybe he doesn't. But it's it's kind of the, if this team is going to lean so heavily on their pitching, which they have to, is the difference between what a Willie Calhoun could provide offensively better than the risk-reward of having some of the guys we're putting out in the field. And yeah, but, but who cares what Willie does now because once the guys get healthy and come back, we're going to be rolling. Rolling. That's the excuse. Like anything we ask Boone right now, he just gets to say, well, you know, we're going to get some guys back soon. They're going to help a lot. And bam, there's no conversation to be had. So it's nice. It's nice to have that. But he, his argument that he's now answered every press conference with is the guys, the guys in, in here can do it. And there's an argument. Well, that's that they cannot. Yeah. And that's kind of the whole discussion. Yeah. But I think they like having the, oh, well, cavalry's coming. It's like, well, I don't know. Because even when they come. They're not really playing well. Sexy. It's just 19 was the first year of that where Edwin, Stanton, Judge all came with the last two weeks of the season. Mm. What was 2018 the magic? What was the year that everyone? 2019 was the magic year. That was Talkman. That was Mabin. That was yeah. Juice Balls. Yeah, 2018 was, was um, yeah. they got blown Michelle. out by the Red Sox and the DS. Right. 19, CS. Gary hits that ball a little differently. Uh, Nineteen was well. Herman and Batances, we lost those guys, and they were huge, and we didn't have safety for that. And then Edwin Stanton and Judge all came back like ten days before the deadline. And since then, that's been the Yankee season. Yeah, who's going to return from the IL in September? Get your hopes up; they're going to help us win. And then it's like, oh, no, that didn't really work. And oh, last year through last oh. year through through. Probably the most bizarre wrench into it anyways because it was, they were so, so good. Worst month ever. Resting guys for September again, so that same thought process came in, but they were so good that you kind of were like, okay, I guess you can bottle that up, but I don't know. Yeah. Judge is missing, and they lose without Judge. There you go. They like that. It's kind of, I don't think they like that. Yeah. I think that's an interesting way to phrase it. Well, I'm being mm-hmm. a jerk and joking about their dumb roster construction. <laughs> clear that up for some of the people listening these days, Jim. You know that. Yeah, well, the <laughs> the smart enough people understood what was happening. Yeah. It was a Red Sox get swept recap. Yeah. You get new eyes. Anything they say is, well, guys are coming. Don't worry. Right. Four years running now. Yeah. Um. Besides the magical year when every replacement was amazing. Right. That hasn't happened again. Juice ball. You want to do sharp stats brought to you by uh, Bird Dogs? Okay. Uh, Yeah, sharp stats is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs make me look good. You like that? Uh, I'm traveling Friday. Nash Vegas. Wedding season, baby. We're back. We are in it. And I told you guys, bird dogs are my official travel clothes. And that's important because that is when I want to be the most comfortable. And that is what bird dogs provide. 
that they fit slimmer through the thigh, and that gives your leg a little truly sculpted look. Good for this summer as we are here. Bird Dogs also uses anti-stink sweat wicking <laughs> fabric. Need That's that? That's nice. You need that because there's things sweating down there. And that sweat doesn't smell good to a lot of other people. Some. Some. And that's who you marry. Some. Go to birddogs.com slash yanks. And what you're going to get is a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. Birddogs.com slash yanks. Free Yeti-style tumbler. There's a link in the description. Keep your legs fresh. Keep your drinks fresh with Bird Dog and that Yeti, Yeti tumbler. To the queen. Hey guys, Queen of Stats, and well, I don't really know what there is to say, but I do know one thing, and that's that Jake was uh, really pissed off about all of those two out runs that we allowed in this series against the Red Sox. So I told him, you know, I'd look it up, and if there was something, and there was some sort of record there, that I would uh, bring it up on uh, Shark Stats, and oh, well, no. here we are. You oh, got your no. wish, Jake. So... Over the weekend, uh, the Yankees allowed 21 two-out runs in the series against the Red Sox, and that is tied for the second most by any Yankee team in a three-game series. Uh, it is tied with a series in, 19, in August 1933 against the Philadelphia A's, when they also allowed 21 over the three-game series, and then the most is 22 two-out runs that they allowed in a three-game series against the Red Sox in August 2009. Oh, but we're not done breaking records here. So on Friday night, they allowed 13 two-out runs in that uh, debacle um, that we know about. And that is tied for the most by any Yankee team in any game that they've allowed. Uh, There was a game in that August 2009 series against Boston uh, when they allowed 13. That was on August 22, 2009. On August 25, 2015 against the Astros, they also allowed 13 two-out runs. And on August 14, 1929, against the Tigers, they allowed 13 two-out runs. So, yep, the Yankees are out there breaking records. Oh, but they're not just done breaking records here. So, right now, they have an OPS, an adjusted OPS, of 69 in the month of June. So that means that they are 31% worse than the league average in the the month of June uh, for their OPS. And, well, I know we're, we're more than halfway done with the month, but there are only two other single months in Yankees histories where they've had an adjusted OPS of 69 or worse, that's relative to the league average, with at least uh, 500 uh, play appearances for the team in the month. Both of those came in 1914, May and June of 1914. We got history, folks. Hmm. That stinks. I wonder if those other games, shit, she didn't give us the dates, right? She just gave us the year. 1933 series versus the Phillies. I'll find it. I'm on it. Did a position player pitch? Probably not. I think those are just two-way guys at the time. Badasses. Yeah. Did they get smoked by the Phillies? They probably played them so much. But hold on. It was uh, 22 21 two-out runs. So they had to score more than 21 runs in the three-game set. Three games, yep. Okay. I'll find this. Some, some bitch. I'll find it. Probably a doubleheader. It was 1933. Oh, wow. Could be this one. But that was a four-game set. Not that one. 
I don't know. Are you happy that you uh, unlocked this terribleness? Uh, no. No. I, yes. I, uh, you know, didn't do them, but wrote burns for these games, and I, you know, I go through the box scores of the games, and there definitely was a feeling during all three of these games that it felt like the inning was kind of over or the Yankees were, you know, kind of off the rope. And basically that's that two-out feeling, right? Like, guess what? Line, line drive right at Volpe, you're out of the inning. Um, fly ball 420 feet to center field right in the triangle, you're out of the inning. One good pitch. One good pitch. I guess that's where, or one good play even. And I don't know. I, I don't know if it's a lack of focus. I don't know. There's, you know, there's obviously a luck factor, but, you know, there's a luck factor in anything you do to a degree that it started with the Clark 0-2 pitch because it was 0-2, two outs. You can finish this game. Your dad was on it. I was on it. Yeah. That that really turned my head. Because literally the one thing you couldn't do was put a hanging sweeper in the middle of the zone, and that's what he did. And for me, that's... You can get beat with two outs. And how often... I feel like early talking Yanks, when we would go kind of more hardcore in every game, you could look at the, the runners in scoring position. Or yeah. two outs. Yep. And basically, that told the story of the game. If you yep. went 6 for 15 with runners in scoring position, you won. If you went 0 for 5, two outs, runners in scoring position, you, you probably lost. Like, you know, baseball can kind of be broken down that way. That seeing all those innings with two outs, and it feels just like Yankees, Red Sox bullshit a little bit. Like, if I'm being honest, like, you know, the Red Sox are that we're, we're Boston and we don't quit. And that's what this city is built on, right? That every Red Sox team, like, embodies that. Every, yeah. every AAA pitcher they call up has gross hair. Like, them the rules. The Yankees, kind of like you alluded to at the start of the show, they have this, like, new arrogance to them that, okay, we're not going to break our rules in Game 2 versus the Mets. And we operate differently. And, and I don't know, you know, you got to play the numbers, and sometimes it goes your way and sometimes it doesn't. Well, when, it's, when there's two outs... Like, that's when the execution level has to be a step higher, and it felt like they got beat on that all weekend. They were, they were sloppy. I mean, they were sloppy. It was not crisp. I think it was pretty careless. I mean, you had uh, a catcher's interference score run. You had a balk score run. You had balls Split being thrown outs. away. Yeah. It's just, just very uncared for baseball. Um I do have to update you on this. Okay. Red Ruffing had a tough start. First three batters, home run, single, home run. Then he got out of it. Sure. Then he got out of the second. In the third, he only got one out. And the first out that he got, uh, Mickey Cochran hit a triple, and they threw him out at home. Left field, shortstop, catcher, great relay. Great relay. Was it? Yeah, they got him. But that's the one out. He tripped rounding third, Jim. And then the next batter, Jimmy Fox, comes up versus Red Ruffing. Ooh. I mean, no, the names in this game is awesome. Yeah. Uh, he reached on an E6. Then Ed Coleman comes up, walk. Bob Johnson comes up, walk. So they take out Red Ruffing. Like, right. you're done, man. Sorry. Pinky Higgins is the next batter. Yeah. After him, Dib Williams, obviously. 
They bring in Danny McFadden, strikeout, and then a single that scores three runs, mm. but they do get the last out of the inning at uh, second base on the uh, right field to catcher to first base to third base. They got him caught up. Mm. Uh, a little rundown. Yeah. So that was game one of this series, which saw the most two out runs. Jumbo Brown came in, pitched a seventh, mm-hmm. and he didn't do he didn't do well. Uh, and then Rube came in after that. Was so Jumbo Brown big or small? I believe Jumbo Brown is a big guy. I think his name was George. Jumbo feels like one of those ones you can't do a reversey with. You well, know, there can be a big guy named Tiny, and that's ironic, but, but a little when, guy named Jumbo. When was the elephant? Because that's the way we... The elephant was called Jumbo, and then then Jumbo became a word for big, like a... Oh, Jumbo the Elephant died in 1885. So it was a thing by this guy. Okay. I thought it was maybe right around it. Um, Walter George Brown was his name. Called him Jumbo, obviously. He was listed 6'4", 295. I mean, that's oh a giant. Oh, my God. At that time? At that time. On the mound? Holy crap. Coming down at you? Jumbo Brown. Yeah. He looks like, uh, you know, if you were to, if you were to say what this guy looked like, it would be one tough SOP. That's what it would be. Google image Jumbo Brown and look at some of his pictures, and you'd be like, yeah, that guy was a cop in between games. And, and 295 is a lie always. Yeah, I mean, they, well, they, they just didn't have enough rocks to balance the scale to get to 300. It's buried in Farmingdale. We can go, go see him. Yeah. So I think the two outs comes from lack of focus. Same, same with what you're saying. The other thing that, again, Katie, Katie keeps adding to these sharp stats, and unfortunately the adding is usually subtracting. She mentioned the adjusted OPS of 69 in the month of June is historically bad for the Yankees, which ties in where I've started and I've been going with this, is that it's not like we're doing that with our all-defensive lineup. Um, we're doing that with almost a fully flawed outfield. <laughs> um, and depending on the given day in the infield, some strengths and weaknesses out there. That uh, The 69 OPS Plus, right now, right now Volpe OPS Plus stands at 70. So the whole Yankees offense in the month of June has been Volpe this season, minus the stolen bases and stuff. And reminder, Volpe's hitting 189, 264 with a 614 OPS. So basically the whole lineup has been Volpe this year, or I think, you know, a comparison going back to last year would be like Marwin Gonzalez. Mm. Yeah. All of them. A whole lineup of Marwins, which was a little bit of a fantasy of mine, just to see how it played out. My thing is like, you're supposed to be winning the division. Yes. Yes. And they were making they were making genuine strides with like Judge and Bader and the team had a different level of focus and it bats up and down the lineup and it was like, oh, we've got room for odd Jake Bowers. And like Willie kind of got iced out. Um mm-hmm. and then yeah, they uh it's like, oh, Judge is out, so this is gonna be tough, huh? Like, that's their mentality going into the games. 
But then they're not acting like it by like doing like the extra stuff to win. Aggressive moves, using your bullpen, yeah, breaking some of your bullpen rules, or um, you know, bring that infield in in that Boston game. Uh, going back the series before that, um, that yeah, and that's where that's where I think the Yankees have full on blinders up. That they, why would we change our approach? Just keep going. Confidence. Confidence. It's worked. We've won a lot of World Series lately. <sighs> Tough. Tough. Hey, I have a question for you. Sure. I have this Philadelphia Phillies lineup. This is a game I used to play on the morning show. Yes. From 1933. Uh, out of the starting nine, how many do you think went by their given name? Ooh. Their first their first given name out of the starting nine. So... Uh, does like a Chris Christopher? I'll count. I, I would count that as going going by, by your name, and then there. Yeah, we'll shortened we'll see. Version we'll see. Version. Short okay. shortened version. We're not going to count. We're going to count shortened version. Completely different yeah. sound. Michael's going say. by Mike's. Yeah, are good. Yeah. Okay, or even like an initial that wouldn't count. Yeah. Like well, there's Michael, middle ground. There's like MC. you know Richard, Dick, James, That'd, Jimmy. I don't know if you want to count those or not. Yeah. Because they are assigned nicknames. Like James Jimmy, I think I wouldn't say is different, but Richard Dick, I would say. So that's where it gets... Well, that's the same exact thing. I, I'm telling you, I think in my head, and some people said they would be different. Really? Why? Uh, still like the same first letter. I, I think that's significant. Oh. And I think Jimmy... What about, being, what about, think, what about Bob for Robert? I think Jimmy being a nickname for James is a lot more common than a Richard going by Dick. Well, I think not every, 1933. I think every gen, well, I'm just we're What not, about we're Bob, not what about Bob for Robert? Uh again, I think that's a little more common. Back then Dick was as common. I think I agree with you. Okay. But uh so, times. And this whole segment is brought to you by Harry's. You like names? Harry's a nickname, right? Haven't we done this before? Well, Harold. There's Harold's. Wasn't yeah. there another one? We looked in we looked into this one time. Um, Harry's well, yeah, ha- um, Bader Harrison, right? I think there, I think there was one more too. And sometimes they go by Hank. This Harry is for the best shave of your life at a price you'll love. They're high quality razors to skin products like exfoliating face wash and hydrating lotions. Get better quality and a better price than other razors when you get Harry's delivered right to your. Door. They got the five blader going. Yeah, that'll get in there. You're going to like that. The starter set, normally 13 bucks. You got that? Sure, go get it. Oh, wait, you can get it for $3 at harrys.com slash yanks. Again, the $13 starter set, save yourself 10 bucks. $3 at harrys.com slash yanks. There's a link in the description. Uh, some creams and lotions, too. Shave it. Trevor Plouffe's using it, and he's a certified hot boy, so... Ooh. Okay, leading off for the Phillies was uh, Max Bishop. Now you think that's first name or no? If it's a Maxwell and that's his first name, I would say that's his name. First name was Max, not even. So that's one. One for one. Batting second and playing uh, center field, Doc Kramer. I mean, you're already out. Let's look no. into it. His name was Roger Maxwell Kramer. Yeah. Not Doc. Batting third, Mickey Cochran. Yeah, I guess if his name was Mickey, I wouldn't even count 
don't know. What, what, I know some. What, his Mitch name was Michael. Gordon Stanley. Yeah. So no. So no. So now it's uh, one for three. Then you have Jimmy Fox. Now that's James. But he spelled it I-E, and then he spelled Fox, double X. So I was going to ask if he's actually stars. like that's a Jimmy. Freaky. Because, again, I don't know. I don't really know how Jimmy's worked at the time. I don't know a lot of just Jimmy's, but reach out if you are just Jimmy. He's James. Okay. Uh, Ed Coleman. Now, that's got to be Edward. You'd assume. Or just Ed. Fuck! His name was Park. His middle name's Edward, so he's not going by his given first name. Damn. Uh, Bob Johnson. Two for five so far. Now, Bob Johnson's Robert Lee Johnson, so that's three. Three for six. Pinky Higgins. I'm going to say... You don't think his name was Pinky? I'm going to assume no. His I'm name was Franklin. Michael Franklin Higgins. Right. And he went by Pinky, which he got as when he was an infant. And he uh, unsuccessfully tried to shake it his whole life. That's tough. <laughs> tough break, Pinky. Pinky. Uh, next up for the Phillies was the shortstop, Dib Williams. Would be the first Dib I've met. Uh, also, a nickname for his middle name. His name was Edwin Debril. Williams. Okay, I like that. So I don't know where we are, but three for eight or whatever. And uh, on the bump was Lefty Grove. Who I don't think his first name is Lefty. Robert Moses Moses Grove. I think they called him Lefty because he was left-handed. I'll check the bio, but I I agree with you. Can never be too sure. Maybe he only wiped Lefty. Um, He threw and batted Lefty, so... Yeah, they don't even like assign that because there's just like why he was called lefty because there's just so many lefties. Lefty Grove career home runs. 12. 15. Hell yeah. 15. Lefty yeah. Grove, baby. Let's ask Aaron. Boone all about Lefty Grove. Aaron Bone is brought to you by Vizio. Get yourself one of their award winning TVs and the sound bar at Insane. Prices, 4K screens under $500. They've got this sick, like, gaming TV. If you're into that world, Joe's was drooling over it. Uh, They're also deep in the baseball world. If you've got your MLB TV subscription, you link it up to your Amazon Prime account right there. Stream live games on the Prime Video app. They got their watch free, plus offers MLB Network for free right now. Out of the box. So if you like baseball, which if you're listening to Talking Yanks, I'd say it's 99%. I think there's some people that tune in that are just like, I don't know. I'll listen to maybe. What's Yanks? He's married to my old friend. I'll talk about it. Um, Head over to Vizio.com. Check out how you can elevate your viewing experience all along. Elevate it like a Garrett Cole fastball on a July day. Mm -hmm. Not Mm -hmm. in there. Added it. Vizio.com. Um, whatever your budget, they've got the right TV and soundbar combo for you. Check out the link in the description. Get tubed up. Get tubed up. All right, Booney, how you doing? Good to I'm see you. I'm doing all right. How are you guys? We're good. We just told you before we started, you know, as fans, our moods are dictated by uh, the team too much. Baseball kind of really ingrains itself into uh, your life as a fan. And, yeah. and your, your response was like, you know, you got to embrace the good and the bad. And yeah, if you win every game, then the wins don't feel as good as the losses. But I, the, the wins don't feel as good as they do with losses, right? So it's like you need losses, you need wins. Wow. Well, 
I'm just saying you gotta, you gotta lean into all of it. It's something, you know, I talk to guys about all the time and the guys that really love the game, I think really respect and appreciate the grind of it and how difficult it is sometimes. And, you know, to, to be great at this game, you got to love all the little things. And part of that is, is the struggle of it all. And, um, you know, you can't, you can't run away from that. You can't, you know, change who you are over the course of the season. Cause that'll, that's fleeting and that'll, that'll get you in a lot of trouble. You've got to look, we're all human. I love, we all love shaking hands at the end of the night. Times are good. That There's nothing better. You sleep easier, food tastes better, all of that. Um, and then you, you go through some tough times and it's challenging, but you can't, you got to lean into it too. You got to know that it's coming for you and, and you got to fight your way through it. And that's one of the beauties of this game. I, I think it's a great spot to open because I've had this conversation with, you know, Trevor Plouffe, who was a big leaguer for a while. And I even was on, was it, I was on Harry Reynolds podcast or, or some, or Jimmy Rollins podcast. And I was talking to him, the difference about that mentality when you're in the game and you have to have it because you can't get too big with the wins. You can't get too low with the losses and you got to stay even keeled. And I, I appreciate that, but I always try to ask them like, but you got to appreciate the fans we live and die with each game, right? Like an even keeled fan is kind of just a dud of a person. Like, okay, so why are you watching if you're not? If in- you were watching your Philly sports teams and you're yeah, just yeah. like, ah, we lost. Well, all well, right. Shrug. Okay, I'm not gonna respond any different. So I guess today I I, I want I just I was gonna let you know like, hey, we're we're fans, you know, we're just coming to you as people that watch every game and are more mm-hmm. emotional, allow ourselves to get more emotionally invested. Then you, then, then you guys at a level. I know you. I know the players and and you guys all care, but your yeah, when your goal is to be it. even keeled. That's not our goal. Yes. Yeah. Right. So, I understand. so I want to see if we can find some middle area because it's one of the the overarching themes I think as fans right now is we were especially fans my age, Jake's age. We were raised in that the end of the Steinbrenner era where you know the tone was more panicky coming from the owner, right? Mm-hmm. Or it, even having Posada and Jeter who would just rip into themselves and the team when they were going bad, and they also won a ton. So you had this like, well, they're winners, and then they're also so open with the struggles and, and, and demanding more via mm-hmm. the media. And, 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 I, and like I said, I appreciate that. Have we not been accountable enough for you? Uh, accountable I think yeah I think Stan's been accountable Rizzo's quotes have been good but there is this overarching uh, feeling from us which maybe is wrong that like you guys truly believe like it's all right like 10 and a half games back one game into the third wild card spot which we've been floating up and down and it's all right the guys will get healthy and and just just believe in the confidence and it'll come we're it's like I, I just wanted you to take us behind the scenes of maybe coaches' meetings or meet, meetings with cash. Like, there has to be some sense of, like, is there anyone out there? Can we make a move? Like, what can we shake up? What can we not shake up? Is there – or is it truly just, hey, let's just keep floating on. We believe in ourselves. Well, I think you're – first of all, you're, those are front office conversations that would be going on as far as can we get somebody, can we – so those um, – you know, those conversations on some level happen throughout the year. They happen at different times with more earnest when you get up up to the deadline and things like that. But you also can't, you know, react emotionally and, and with 
you know, fandom in the moment of a, of a long season too, you, you know, and, and not to say we don't get upset and we don't get frustrated and we're not, you know, maybe digging into more things under the hood to try and get things fixed and get things going than usual. Uh, when you, when you go through a tough stretch, um, but you also gotta, you know, you've got to always strike that with trying to keep the big picture in mind and throwing a temper tantrum every day because we're mad we lost isn't always the answer. And everyone, guys, deals with a little bit differently. The major leagues is like, you know, you hear me talk about the grind all the time. You hear that. It is a grind, and guys have to deal with it in different ways, okay? So – some guys deal with it with more emotion on the sleeve and, and you'll see it a little bit more. Some guys tr- are really reserved and, it, and it's a skill they try to develop. It's like to cope. You got to cope in the major leagues. Like it's, it's a, it's a gauntlet. It's hard. It's, you know, you're out there for everyone and guys show that in different ways. And sometimes we attach ourselves to someone like, Oh, I like how he reacted or I didn't like how he reacted. And that's a little bit, that's a little bit flimsy because guys are, you got to realize how guys are and how guys get through the certain things. Now it's our jobs to make sure we're focused on the right things and, and keep the thing moving in the right direction, good or bad. Um, But, but you know, don't, I would caution against getting so reactive over someone's reaction that you may or may not like. No. And I, I, I appreciate that. Like when Chapman or Sonny Gray were, uh, you know, smiling after like blown saves or smiling when the, and I always said, Hey, like, that's just how they're inter- That's how they're reacting to that. That doesn't mean they're like laughing it right. off. People react differently. And, and then even, you know, I like Paul O'Neill when he hits the water core, like Brett Gardner, when he hits the bat in the wall, but then Chris sale breaks a TV and I'm like, that's too far. So as a fan, I, I create my own lines of what I like and don't like based on who I like and don't like as well. And that's just all right. up in the air. But one thing, like accountable, you say accountable, right? And like I, I do think that in the quotes and then the with the media, it's been there. I'd love for someone. I'd love for like you know, if like you had a bad guy in the clubhouse, like a you know a bench coach, like old man Don Zimmer, just gets on. He's like, this is terrible. Like I, I don't know what they're doing. I just like that as a fan, even though it's fan service. But I do think there's those come up. Those come up at different points. I mean, okay. I do think know. there is. Um, a desire for accountable for just kind of the lackadaisical mistakes that I've been making. Like we've got guys who don't steal out on base paths a couple times a week, which is just like, how, why is that? How, like, how's that still happening? Or Jake's Jake's got a lot of two out uh, stats that he's just like last series against Boston. There was a lot of two out stuff that I I don't know. Obviously that the weekend happened and and stuff like that, but no, you know, we've discussed Glaber Donaldson getting picked off was tough for me. And Hey, I know that can happen to any major league baseball player, but what was the other pick off? Donaldson got picked off. Rizzo Rizzo got picked off. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, you're above average in pickoffs, and everyone that's getting picked off isn't a base dealer. So that's like, what are we doing? Why? Come on now. They're, they're doing something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, No, but I'm serious. They are doing something. Like, it's not just that's, – that's a, that's a shallow take. Like, he's not stealing a base, so you shouldn't get picked off. There's, there's different things at play all the time in a game, and you need to keep that in mind too. So 
don't want the pickoffs, don't like the pickoffs, don't get yeah. me wrong, but but you know, everyone's working out there and it's not just a base stealing situation all the time. Yeah, it, it felt like there was a lot of things in this Boston series and you get swept in Fenway and obviously then everything, you know, a tiny little cut, uh, it feels like you're pouring salt in it and it just is worse. You know, I mean, base is loaded and we have a catcher's interference to score a run with two outs. We have a balk that scores a run. It's like, are we going to give them runs in every which way? That's, that's kind of how it felt as a fan where it's like, well, wh- what do you do about that? How, how do we tighten it up or, or is there anything? Well, so the catcher's interference, I think it might be our first one this year. Yeah, Higgy's not really getting that dialogue. It's a little little bit more, much more a reality of the game with catchers, you know, getting closer, and I think it's necessary. I think Tanner and our catchers do an amazing job, literally, at really studying and leaning into where we can gain every little bit of advantage on – we're very, very aware of who, who's a danger, you know, and, you know. Of who, who's look, a danger of catcher's interference? Yeah, that, like, that's okay, this guy's in danger. We need to give a little here. Um, I like that. You know, but we also want to push the envelope, too. We don't want to just sit back there because that's going to cost you over time from a strike standpoint without question. So, so I understand, and especially when you're going through a tough stretch and you give up a run, you know, it's not a great look, but I, I feel really good about our process in that and how invested we are and how knowledgeable Tanner and our catchers are at making sure we're like putting ourselves in the best position to gain every possible advantage while also being keenly aware, not only from an injury standpoint, but from who 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 were in danger from from getting clipped. And we got one, you know, we're but I, what, 70-something games in, and we got one on the books. Like, And it came at a bad time. I get it. And you're, you're frustrated at that in the moment. And we, we talk about it, why that happened. We're, you know, but it does happen. Um, the Bach, yeah, Bach, we didn't – yeah, we didn't come set. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, things you talk about, but things that do come up in the season. And, you know, when they come up in, in a stretch where you're not scoring a lot of runs and you're playing these close games – you know, it's, it, yeah, it's, it hurts. Is there so a, when, when yeah. we're taking advantage of everything and I, you know, we're flipping over rocks and we're, we're doing everything obviously. And the, and the team's different with judge. Yeah. I, I'm not going to say they have to be an eight and 13 team without judge, but the guy won the MVP last year. And in a year that right. there's a, there's a guy literally pitching and hitting at an extreme level we've never seen before. And I, I do think judge deserved it last year that do you feel you know, you said front office-wise, you know, roster-wise, they're always scouting and hunting, and they're going to do changes, and you, part of your job is to adjust to that uh, when that happens. But I guess in-game managing, don't don't you feel like there's, there's staying the course, and there's also you're managing a different team a little bit that say, um, you know, going back to Red Sox series, uh, I think it was the eighth inning, there was one out, runner on third, and uh, runners on second and third, so you – no infield in because you're worried about giving up the lead on a single, but uh, Yank, Yanks end up losing that game in extras. And, and hey, we're home, right? And, and, we're and, home. and, that's, and a, that's not that's. I don't even think that one's debatable, though. Like, but I, I I think the debate would come up in saying that this team is it's a different team. That I I think your best chance is to cut off that run at home in the top of the eighth inning with with a loaded up bullpen against that. I disagree. Like, not even a little bit. Well, that's why like, we're talking about it. 
Yeah, that's when, just emotional in the moment. Like, but is it emotional no, we're when we're not at we're not at home with a look now? Pen situation that happened to be a night we're loaded up in the pen. It's the top of the eight. We got two right. more two more times to come to the plate, and like, but the offense is also having a historically bad month. Historically okay, bad. But, okay, if if we give up a hit, it's. Well, we're down and you lose the game anyway. So that's where the discussion happens that I, I do think there's a staying the course. To, I want you to, when we get done, I want you to really reflect and dive into that and pause and close your eyes and think about that and go, yeah, I don't really see that one. All right, it's over what. a week later, Booney. I've been reflecting. <laughs> what about, what about this with, you guys have tight reliever rules, right? When you when you manage the team, you can you can you can bring him in in that situation. Oh, I mean, he's a fantasy baseball hey, winner. He's I'm, he's done it. You know, electrical supply chain guy 6 years ago, Yankees talker guy now. I'm, you know, yeah, chipping I, away. Yeah. That, that, I think you're wrong on that one. I don't I don't think I don't even see their I get one. the I get the baseball discussion on it, but I do think there's it's a different team. That I think- well, yeah, speaking of that, like riding out this storm before Bader comes back, Judge comes back, Rodon, Nestor, like, you know, all the Calvary. Trying to trying to win and, and, and win wins, right, as much as we can. Going back to that same Mets game, but this is kind of just a bigger question about this stretch. With relievers, you have... You guys have the rules, right, or the the guidelines. The the no three days in a row. The um, if it's no three out of four, it gets a day. There's all those benchmarks. That felt like a game to me. If you were ever going to kind of break one, you could have. And I don't know. Like, is that just you're not as you're not there yet? Where we're going to break our some of our rules? Like, I think I, I thought maybe Clay could have just could have come in, and there was. Wandy, I agree. He struggled the night before, and it was three out of four. And um, King pitched nine pitches. I King think, was nine before. pitches, but you haven't used back. him back to back yet. That was one we're looking back on it then, and looking back on it now, and just thinking: Is there? Does, when does that start? Does that start in the second half if we're still behind and fighting? Here, the reality is, I think uh, Peralta, Holmes, maybe Cordero. I think all led the led the league in appearances in, in the month of May. Yeah. They're no. off to a similar start in June. Like, stop. They're not pitching four out of five just because you really think this one's needed. And and the reality is Albert Abreu came in and shut them down in the ninth, and then we didn't score in the tenth. So they got a runner at second. So like I, you, I, I get that, you but they- start chasing that you're chasing your tail and you're gonna you're gonna end up with broken guys in the uh, second half of the season. I understand, but is there a time like when you got to lean on everyone? And and it's hard when you're going through two weeks of not scoring a lot and you're in one-run games every day. The reality is everyone's got to take the load, guys. I, I understand that, but is there a time when, you know, we're, we're in June? Yeah, if there's, we're- a, there's an occasion, even even it's happened already, and maybe we haven't used them or maybe it hasn't come up in the game, but there's – there's a there's been there's times throughout the year, and I would say even to this point where this guy's gone to hey, we could use him to get out of an inning here today. We'll we'll make him available. Or, you know, we do pick those spots, and it's also dependent upon how the guy's doing like physically. Like, yeah. is he in a good spot? Is he grinding a little bit? Is he, you know, laboring a little bit or dealing with 
not something that puts them down or gives them an injury, but things that we're mindful of, like, Hey, we can't, we got to go easy here with this guy right now through this stretch. And and then the, you know, bring in Ramirez in a Bray look great. I think he was well rested. I think he's a guy that looks better when he has a couple days of rest uh, in him. Same with Marinaccio this season. Seems like he's a different pitcher with three got three days rest or so than back to back or on one day. Is that just lefty righty? I mean, is, is it as, is it as simple as just want to attack the lefty with the lefty? Yeah. I mean, Ramirez a little more neutral, um, certainly capable of getting lefties out. The previous couple outings, he had a really big outing against Boston where he went through their lefties in a big spot, in a leverage spot late. Um, yeah, and it was just, you know, Wandy and King and Holmes were not available, so we had to get to the end. And I didn't want Crook's first outing to be in that situation, which um, I think he's really equipped to get – especially lefties out. He's a problem for lefties, but I also hadn't been up. And what about a Abreu couldn't stay or was that not a, is he yeah, adequate? Abreu, but I, you know, going through that, those, those lefties there, like I definitely preferred going to Ramirez at that point. Do you guys look at like, you know, uh, the batter at all? Is it just pitcher base? Like right now Rizzo is crushing left-handers and, and Matt's, Matt's, we haven't faced any. It was like, we finally saw one the other day. I'm like, here's your, Here's your lefty to get you locked in again. So that's sure what the, the Mets were saying, because Nimmo crushes lefties, and he's got a 400 on base versus lefties. So you yeah. take the righty who's dealing out for a lefty, all the Mets fans that are in our lives and at the game are like, well, fuck yeah, we just won the game. Yeah, we'll, we'll look up at the end and see if that holds true. You know, we're, I'm, looking at, I'm looking at the chunk of, of, obviously at that point, it's a three-batter situation. So yeah. what gives us the best? You know, to get through this, in my opinion, at that point, it was Ramirez. Yeah. And and as you said at the start, these are just little little moments that it's it's fun to have these conversations. I, I, I'm thankful that you're giving it back to us strong and we're in debates right now. I think it's a better uh, conversation for the audience to hear. The one thing that, you know, Cashman's not on, on the show, you are, but like, you know, the main conversation is... The roster's crazy. I mean, are you going into the bunker? I, I know you can't say anything here that's going to get in trouble, but like Jake keeps saying it. We got three DHs and eight infielders. It's it's insane. The fly balls that are landing every game for starting pitchers and that are shortening the starting pitchers outing and then using more relievers and then tiring out relievers who are having a great year. Like, the outfield's ability to track down fly balls has been a huge issue with Bader and Judge out. And I don't yeah. know if you can Bader's speak on that tonight. or not, but <laughs> what? Harrison's back tonight. Yeah, so that's nice. That's it, it is a huge difference maker. Yeah. It, McKinney's done a really nice job in the outfield. Yes, yes. IKF when he's in there has done a nice job in the outfield. But yeah, we've had we've had some challenges, no question, with some of the outfield alignments and um um you know, that's why I've aggressively made some changes mid game. Like if we have grabbed a lead to try and plug that. So look, those are snapshots in the season, um, you know, where you're up against it a little bit in different situations roster wise. And, you know, we've had some, some injuries and stuff, but uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully we track them down pretty well tonight. With, uh, with Bader back in center, it, it seems like it could be a pretty nice night to have Giancarlo Stanton in right field, question mark? No, G's okay. DH. Okay. So, 
with with the outfield situation, and McKinney has been good because he's an outfielder, right? So that's what he did in the minor leagues. I know he played. Did he play first as well, or am I thinking of someone? Played a little bit of first yeah. too. Yeah. Um, with I know Florial's not on the forty man, and again, this you don't make this move, so I'm not looking for you to just. I'm just looking for your thoughts. You're like, wouldn't it? be beneficial to have a defensive replacement who is an outfielder. I know ICAF actually statistically has done well, and, and I, I, I'm not knocking his ability out there. Oswaldo grades out neutral, all the metrics, and I think at first he was really hot, and now it's kind of eye test is graded out a little more neutral. And and Bowers gets great jumps, but he grades out negative defensively metrics. Like, we don't even have on the bench, you don't, you don't even have a, a defensive replacement. Like, if, if Florial can't hit, well, it's all right, because we have – like a lot of guys not hitting right now, but it'd be great to go throw a dude who can track one down at the end of the game with without holding your breath. Like, is that something you think you'd utilize if you had? Yeah, sure. And he's he's certainly been in conversations, and and we, I mean, really excited about what he's doing. He's he's feel like continuing to make some strides as a, as an overall player. Um, so he's in that conversation and in that mix. It's a little tricky though, you know, when you you know when you pull a certain trigger and, you know, and what it means and what it means 10 days from now, eight days from now, those kind of things. And we do have Bader back. And, Who's the know, move Oswaldo. for Bader? Is that Oswaldo? Yeah. Oh yeah. You did that already. I forgot. Yeah. Um, I mean, with Stanton back Calhoun and Bowers, isn't, isn't that a little redundant? I mean, you got two lefty guys and not great outfielders. Like if I'm uh, if I'm cash, I'm calling up Florial for one of them. Bowers been hitting the ball like crazy. Yeah, I mean, what what are you guys missing with Bowers? He's been. I like Bowers. He's, he's I just I, at the end of a game, I, I'd rather have yeah. someone else tracking down balls. Yeah, we've been down in games at the end of the games. Lately, yeah, so I know. Yeah, uh, I also would vote to change that. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and you know, and Willie, I do like off the bench is, you know. You see him as that Matt Carpenter type? Like, that's your lefty, maybe for the catcher's pinch hitter role? Yeah, yeah, I I do. I, you know, I feel like, especially against a good righty, he's, you know, he's going to give you a really good chance. Um, and he's done a good job for us. So, uh, we'll see how it all continues to shake out. But, um, yeah, it's good to get Bader. Trust me, it's good to get Bader back in the center of the diamond. It's a huge difference maker. Will he be batting – Middle of the lineup? I got him six today. Okay. Yeah. Uh, oh, Bader. Do, 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 do. I wanted to ask about Seve in the, the mound visit because I, I was watching it. I mean, you, you do the, you know, you got one more batter is what I think it looked like you said to him. He doesn't get that guy, and you talk again in the dugout. Can you take us through those conversations? When we talked to you, like, the night before, the day before, you said Seve doesn't like being taken out, and I appreciate him wanting to stay in. And yeah. I appreciate you giving him that leash because it probably goes a long way in, in trust and relationship between the two of you. But how did that? How does that go afterwards when he doesn't get that guy? I mean, it's part of the game. Like we're in the, you, you respect the fact that, um, look, you're in the you're in the meat grinder. You're in the you're in the you're in the arena, and it's hard. And sometimes you get it, and sometimes you don't. And it's like. So the conversation is fine. It's like, you know, I, I saw a guy that I felt like was making some strides within that game. And even though the Boston game was not the line we ultimately want still, like I feel like there were strides in that game as well. So 
um, we're competing. And yeah. with Sevilla you know, and Clark, I've kind of been the irrational fan. Obviously, that's what I am. Uh, but like you know, Sevy's fastball is getting lit up, and then he comes back the last two starts versus the Mets and Red Sox and throws it way more. And I was like, oh, it actually looked better. And then Clark with yeah. the cutter, he's he's stuck with it. I, I like the gumption of him sticking with it. And, and he's looked good first two times through. And against yeah, lefties, Clark, he's looked better. Clark's last time, I, I thought one thing encouraging about Clark was his start against Boston the other day, um, you know, where, where he's coming off of whatever, four, four really good starts in a row. I don't think the other day was – perfect by any means i don't think he was overly sharp but he managed it much better and that's something where uh you know so i think there were some strides there as far as you know that was a game that you know a couple months ago or a month and a half ago or last year really gets away from him and and he 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 managed around some things and and you know kept us in that game in the middle innings i agree that one that one two strike pitch at the end there was the only the only kind of like ugh, but everything else I was like oh good for you Clarky battling. First time talking after a four game losing streak and a Red Sox sweep. Are are we okay? <laughs> hey, that's that's the that's the gig. Uh, are we? You the two. three of us? We're, we're all gonna I think be good. He's worried about. I'm good. But are you guys? Uh, yeah, we're going through a tough time right now. We gotta, you know, we gotta, we gotta figure out. But you know, I keep uh, obviously the questions around air and not being in there. You know, the thing is, we still have a lot of really capable people in our lineup. We gotta, we gotta get rolling. We got a great pitching staff coming to town in Seattle against us. So you know, th- there's challenges there. But you know, look at the names in the lineup, and you know, I know we're, you know, we're going through a tough stretch. We're a few guys. We got to get them rolling. But if when they do, uh, it's going to look a lot different. So we just got to keep keep kind of preparing and plugging away at this, and and um, hope that we get this thing figured out sooner rather than later. We have uh, office uh, PRP scheduled. Uh, nice to just Good help chance. help them out any way we can. Just twisting that call. twisting that blood up, putting it right back in, and seeing if it's any better. Nice, I like it. Modern science. Uh, all right. I had one more question, but I think yeah, I forget what it was. What? Oh, and we got to go. We'll let you go. No trivia? You guys step up a little. I, you know. Or you just, you're just I, mad. Yeah. The trivia yeah. would be a happy bad. trivia. Yeah. yeah. It would we, be a sad yeah. trivia. We got to do fan service to our audience who wants us to be blah, 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 and mad. I gave an algorithm. You guys can go. When do you think Judge comes back after the All-Star game? Because <laughs> I know how uh, many I I have an algorithm for you guys. Not nobody's probably yeah. asked, but <laughs> I don't know. I hopefully, you know, hopefully before we'll I, see. Yeah, if you guys win sixty percent of the games after Judge comes back, I can tell you exactly the record you need to be before Judge comes back. Yeah, which you know what, you're getting too far ahead of yourselves. We got to worry about today. Let's I, win today. Let's, let's win today. Let's try and win today. Sound plan. All right. Thanks, Booney. Appreciate it. All right, guys. See ya. There you have it. Aaron Boone, manager of the New York Yankees. Feisty. Good. Needed it to be feisty because they've, they've been bad, man. And, you know, he said, that's front office stuff. Right. And it is. And that's, you know, you we write down a lot of questions before this. And, you know, we 
it's it's tricky because you know anything that's front office transactional, you know Boone Boone's got an instant out that the the one that I to try to get him to get to Florial was like if you had to add a, another position player, would you add Florial or Peraza? Which you, you lean Florial because you need outfielders and defense, and they yeah. both have speed. Peraza's speed is a little better. Yeah. We could also use Peraza. In yeah. a lot of ways, but I trapped um, him. Would you utilize that? Because if Cash is listening now, he knows. Right. Oh, now, he, he, he probably would. Well, we know Cash is listening. Um, What's up, Bri? Thanks, Vizio. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. It's uh, it's the Yankees. It's a four game loser, and you got swept by Boston. That um, I don't know. I I don't know. I I just what was think- Donaldson doing, leading off first base? Yeah, man, I, that one felt like it just wasn't worth it, right? Because it felt like it wasn't worth it to defend that one. Just say, yeah, probably not good to get those guys. But. You can't get picked there. Which he, which he did circle back and kind of say, like, yeah, but right. we, he, don't, he, we don't want that. that. That's where I, he was doing something. I'm not was, happy that he did Was that. planning on doing more, but then he did, he did land on, like, he can't get picked off. So, I don't know. It just, like, where we started this episode, and I get the importance of, you know, even whether it's, with our company or, or anything, whether you're working out again into fitness or anything like having the consistent goal and stay the course. And this is how we're going to do it. And this is the plan, best plan of action to get there. But, um, at this, that's for like big picture stuff. And I do feel like we're obviously in a time period where the Yankees are different. You're missing your best player. You're missing maybe a top three player alongside of that. And the offense is having a historically bad month that I, I think you have to treat some things differently. Um, and I don't know, like the, the other thing that I, I wanted to counter and we ran out of time with is the uh, going back to the 21 Yankees. Remember our happiest time with them is when they were the speedster different Yankees yeah. that you clearly operated differently because you had a different roster to operate with. Maybe those guys just go He's like, what? Oh yeah. Well, they just do what they're doing. So I don't know. I don't know. Um, winning cures everything. You have a nice homestand against Seattle and Texas, and Giancarlo and Rizzo get hot and carry you, and you score eight runs a game. Guess what? Yeah, we'll be excited and we'll be hyped about the Yankees again, but we haven't seen that. We just have not seen it. You need judge back. Bader back, judge back. Otherwise, there's no hope. Hard to find it. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Subscribe to the channel if you enjoy these episodes. We appreciate you if you do. Thank you very much. Go Yanks. Tell them, Grams. Go Yankees. Was he thinking I'm not going to be a manager for the Yankees? No, no. I was thinking that's confusing. not confusing. Because he came from media, too. He came from broadcast. Oh, you, sh- you were a broadcaster. I was going to. Uh, you kind of did that, but it would have been awesome. I was going to.